it to Whiteside and missed the dunk, got it back. Kicked out Halliburton for three. Butter! Tyrese Slickwood. Here's Barnes off the turnover. Buddy catch and shoot three, got it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the Kings Court Podcast presented by All purposeinsurance.com. I'm your host Vince Miracle and guys we're now into episode three of this new season and I told you this season was going to be different. I do not have a co-host but every week I'm going to be looking for someone new to have on this show and not only is it just new to have on the show but it's the first time she's ever stepped on to the King's Court. Let us welcome the one and only Katie Hunter. Katie how's it going? I'm doing well how about you? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. The kids are starting school all over again, so I'm excited <laughs> for them. But a little bit of stress going into the week, but we, we, I'm having a little bit of fun. How about you? How have you been handling COVID and everything like this that's uh, been a pandemic for us? You know, it's been interesting. I'm sure it's been kind of a, a crazy winding road for everybody. But yeah, kids are in school and it was a busy week. I'm right there with you and and just trying to march on, if you will. The good news is, though, Katie, is that we've had a little bit of entertainment in front of our eyes uh, for the last couple of weeks here with the the Summer League taking place. And you know what, guys? Let the parade start happening. I'm meeting you guys <laughs> in downtown Sacramento tomorrow, today. Whenever you guys want to, you let me know. I'm going to show up there because the Sacramento Kings are the 2021 NBA Las Vegas Summer League champions. Katie, you saw them win this. And Lewis King becoming the Summer League MVP. I mean, what were your biggest takeaways from this Kings championship run? Well, you know, it was it was interesting, um, the juxtaposition between, you know, the two games we saw the Kings play at the California Classic the week previous um, to how they played in Las Vegas. And, you know, for a team that plays defense the way that they did, um, I'm not surprised to see the, the massive jump because, you know, the California classic, they'd been together, you know, a few days getting practices in, trying to, you know, familiarize themselves, you know, with each other. Um, defense is the one thing that, that generally is going to carry you through all of those things. They just needed their offense to start clicking and for guys to really start getting into a rhythm and a groove. And I think that's what we saw in Vegas and the absurdity of, of beating the Celtics who averaged over a hundred points in summer league. And, you know, keep in mind, these were 40 minute games, you know, uh, four, 10 minute quarters. Um, so to be able to score like that, um, throughout all of summer league and then score just 67 points against the Kings. I think it kind of tells you everything that you need to know to kind of wrap up the whole week. And, you know, Lewis King, um, he had some, some good moments during the regular season with the Kings when given an opportunity, we didn't get to see him much. So it was nice to see him gradually get better and better. And then of course be named the MVP of the championship game, but you know, it's tough. Uh, someone asked me, like, who do you think is going to get MVP? Because um, I was watching that game, the championship game, you know, uh, back. It was I had recorded it because I was it was in the middle of bedtime for the kids. So, <laughs> you know, um, I wasn't watching it live and I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, I think it, it might be King. It might be Ramsey. I said, but it should be Davion Mitchell. And, uh, you know, not to take anything away from what Lewis King did, but I was so happy 
to see today that Davion was named co-MVP of Summer League um, in Vegas. And, and it's kind of crazy. You see someone um, that's, you know, scoring 27 points a game and, and you would kind of expect that for kind of MVP status, but to, to share the MVP with someone scoring 27 a game and you're scoring 10 a game and you're getting that kind of recognition and credit for your defense and what it meant to your team. I thought that was really spectacular and it kind of sums up everything that that Kings team was able to do in Vegas. They relied on their defense and it was a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure, I'm sure you enjoyed it after watching uh, a rough defensive year last year for the Kings. Oh yeah. I mean, I just like that the mindset and the persona of the Kings is finally, I mean, the headlines are saying Kings defense wins them championship. You know what I mean? Like that, <laughs> when are we going to see that again? And I, I don't know if it'll ever come out, but it's nice to see that the Kings are, are finally changing the minds, at least of what they're trying to do. And I, I think that's definitely what we needed to see. And, and you you bring up Davion Mitchell. Let, let's go ahead and dive right in on what we saw here. Because for me, I saw a player that showed leadership. Obviously, the defensive skills are, are what was there. But he surprised me offensively, Katie, with some of those moves that he was doing. A lot of people were, uh, were a little uneasy about him getting picked at nine, mainly just due to the fact that there were other names there that were more quote-unquote home run hitters. And, and I'll be first to say I was one of those guys that was on Twitter saying, Man, at number nine, was that the pick when you had guys like Moses Moody still available, uh, Shen Gwynn still available? But look, watching him at the Summer League, I was blown away with what I saw from him. And, you know, offensively, I think he showed a lot of strides there. I think there's a lot of potential on both ends of the floor. But what do you think are some of the big highs from him? And then what are the things that you saw that you said, hey, you know what? There's still some work to be done here, but the potential is obviously through the roof, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the highs are the obvious. It's his defense and and kind of what he's able to do and how he impacts that into the floor, but not even just him uh, as one individual, but kind of what he brings out of the people around him. I think that very much that team took on um, kind of the personality of him defensively. They were hustling. They were they had each other's backs. They were talking. Um, really on a string, you had second and third line of defense. I mean, it was really something to watch. Um, offensively, you know, I think it's important for people to think um, just a couple years ago in college, there was, I mean, he's made massive strides offensively um, in college. So you talk about from his junior to his senior year and the three-point shooting, he, he shot the three ball actually better uh, than he did from the, the field as a whole. Um, and a lot of that is just figuring out kind of the bodies and the physicality and, and how to get your shots off in, uh, in the, in the paint and when he's driving and, and kind of getting into the, into the key, um, and he'll figure that out. But the great thing about it is anything that he kind of lacks offensively, those things he's going to pick up the defensive body of work that he has the, the, the skill and the, the mind for the game. That is something that, you know, it's like a lot of players can there, especially if you think about it, if you don't have it coming into the league, you're not going to ever have it. You're right. not 
being taught to play great defense in the NBA. Practice time alone is something that really prevents players, in my opinion, of being able to massively increase their defensive kind of acumen while they're in the league. So the fact that he comes in with that is so, so major. Um, one of the things I've noticed both from the California Classic and and uh, Vegas, one of the areas of his game that's going to be extremely important for him to work on and knowing his work ethic, I really believe that this is going to happen. It's not going to be an issue, but he needs to shoot the ball better from the free throw line. If you've got someone that you're relying on to be in the game, um, in, in clutch situations down the stretch of a game when you're going to be in penalty situations uh, and someone that's going to have the ball in their hands, you want to make sure that they're going to shoot at least a 75% clip um, in that position from the free throw line. And, you know, that's also an, a, a, something that De'Aaron Fox still needs to work on. So I, I don't think that this is a, a major hit against him, but, you know, overall he's going to improve offensively. Um, so I'm not concerned about, any, any of that, but how he runs the pick and roll, how he knows angles, the passes that he makes, the way he sees the floor, all of those things are there offensively. After watching his play through this summer league, I, again, I was blown away on both sides. I, I think he exceeded expectations for, for almost everybody that saw him play there. But then Sam Amick comes out from the Athletics saying that the Kings are really in this belief that they are going to run this three guard lineup and after seeing this I'm still not fully in belief that this is the decision that I would go in if I was the coach or if I was the person working the roster but Katie do you think because of his defensive presence and because of what he showed you just in this little sample uh, of exhibition games here for summer league and obviously the California classic do you think the Kings have something with a three-guard lineup, whether it be with Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell, or Fox, Buddy, and Mitchell, to where you say, yes, I can see that working on the NBA level consistently, no matter the matchup, or do you think it's just always going to be matchup-based and there's still work to be done, and, and we're far from the season to where we'll, we'll see more changes? Well, honestly, Vince, I think it's kind of a wait-and-see situation. Um, people have talked a lot about this three-guard lineup and and – I think they forget the fact that the Kings ran a three guard lineup in fourth quarters, primarily throughout the season True. with Tyrese Halliburton on the floor, Buddy Hield at three, uh, Harrison Barnes at the four, sometimes Harrison Barnes at the five. And so, you know, I, I think that um, there's going to be some teams that you can do it against some teams that you can't. Um, the difference in, in putting, you know, if, if it's De'Aaron and, and Tyrese and, uh, Davion in that situation is, well, Davion is, is not a defensive liability. You know, I think most times you look at Buddy Hield and where he made strides this year defensively. Um, a lot of the times he can be a defensive liability. So I think that that is a positive um, and kind of, you can mark that in the, in the pro uh, column of, of this argument of the pros and cons of running the, the three guard lineup. Um, we still don't know what this roster is going to look like come October. Um, there's still time for moves to be made. I think obviously the big questions right now is will Buddy Hield and, and Marvin Bagley be on this roster when we start training camp and when the season gets underway. So it's hard to answer the question because I really don't know what's going to happen and what it's going to look like. But, you know, it, it's funny. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, Tyrese is a, a solid defender and, 
and he can he can play the three, you know, because obviously Davion is is undersized and where he's got a really good, you know, body and build on him. Right. It's still right. very different being six one, six two, whatever you want to call him to be able to to go up against NBA bodies, because what we saw in summer league was fantastic but that is summer league. Th- those are players that are, are, you know, trying to make their way in the NBA trying, you know, Boston obviously is a little bit different situation and the Kings were still able to knock them off. They had a lot of players that, you know, have some experience. Um, but for primarily the most part, these players are, are guys that are G league players, guys that are undrafted that are trying to kind of make an invite to, to a camp um, roster. So we'll see how it plays out. I think that there's going to be situations um, where you're definitely going to be able to do it. I don't know if you start that way to me, the starting lineup, it's, it's this, you know, big thing for people, but it really, it's how you finish and who you finish with. And I think a lot of the time last year, we saw a three guard lineup. So I'm interested to see how Luke Walton manages this, what he's able to going to get to get out of these guys. But going back to my point about Tyrese Halliburton, you know, solid defender. Um, he's put on some muscle, he's put on some weight and he'll continue to do so. But asking De'Aaron Fox, um, game or sorry, Tyrese Halliburton game in and game out to defend, um, the small forward position guys like Kawhi Leonard, for example, that is just not a, an optimal matchup. So you're just going to have to feel it out figure out how these rotations and pairings and groupings work, um, what it gives you on defense, um, what it gives you on offense and, and kind of weigh out, which is, you know, which is better. So, um, I'm curious like everybody else. And I, I know everyone wants an answer and how it's going to work, but we're not going to know until we see them on the floor. And Luke Walton doesn't have an answer right now either. We also um, won't know until we the see reality. the final product, right? We won't even know until we know what the final product actually is once opening night comes, right? Like we're still yeah. waiting. There's so much news and speculation. And obviously there's been reports coming out of, Monty wanting to make a, a, a big move and, and the latest rumors are Pascal Siakam or or you're seeing the rumblings or the Kings potentially and I, and I think this is more just people on Twitter talking obviously of Ben Simmons and what that package could look like because this is a player that's upset and doesn't want to be in Philly obviously I understand it I mean when a coach comes out after a, a, a loss in the Eastern Conference Final saying that we don't know what we're going to do I'd be upset as well right so I understand it. Now there's rumblings of him not wanting to go to camp. So maybe that ups the package of what the Kings could offer. But still, I don't know what where that goes. And now maybe they're not really on the table. So we don't know what the final product is. I think people got to pump the brakes a little bit. But I am excited to see what they do. Let me ask you this before I start moving on to these other players here, Katie. Is What do you think a better lineup is? Fox, Mitchell, and Halliburton? Fox, Mitchell, and Buddy, or Davion, Halliburton, and and Buddy. Like I feel like you can be so you know, Vince. I'm not even going to pretend to be able to answer that. Um, you know, I, I'm I've never been one of those people that likes to sit back and kind of theorize how things are going to work without actually seeing it happen on the floor. Um, I, again, it depends. It depends on who you're playing. Um, size and matchup, like you mentioned, Ben Simmons and, and Philly. Well, um, just for the sake of this argument, say Ben Simmons stays in Philly and you're playing Philly and you've got Ben Simmons starting at the one and you've got Joel Embiid and you go up and down that lineup and they're huge. 
then it's not going to work. It's not going to work to have really any kind of variation of any of those three options, because I think in that situation, you need to have Harrison probably playing at the three just size wise. And then you've got to factor in Mo Harkless, who was really tremendous last year when he came. And I think he's going to be a huge asset. I actually really like that signing by Monty McNair. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun during the off season. And I think it fills the space, uh, between seasons when you're, you're just, you know, antsy and you want basketball. So you want to sit back and kind of theorize on all these things. Um, but until we see a final roster, until we see even a handful of preseason games and, and really get an idea for this team, I'm not even going to pretend to, to have an answer for that because, you know, it's, it, I think in, in reality, it's not going to be, I don't think any of them are right or any of them are wrong. Does that make sense? No, 100% makes a lot of sense. Uh, I mean, we want to, uh, once preseason comes and we get to see these guys out on the floor and how they mesh, maybe, obviously not even maybe, there's going to be more conversations for everyone to say, no, I want to see this guy. I want to see this guy. But mm-hmm. it's, it's just so much fun after seeing what Davion Mitchell had done in summer league defensively that I think a lot of people are excited to believe that no matter what he is going to be stepping in as a rookie with a significant role on this team, just because of yes. what he can bring on yeah. that one end of the floor. And I, and I, I'm so excited to see how Luke mixes and matches it, whether or not anybody, whether or not this is the roster that we see on opening night. Right. Moving forward now, like, there were more players on this Kings team that stepped up. Obviously, Lewis King being the, the Summer League MVP. You had Kata. I, I, I'll be honest. I was a fan. I, I think Kata's just entertaining to watch. I think uh, Metu, he was very entertaining. Who who do you think of this Summer League roster not named Mitchell really has a chance, whether it's with the Kings or with another organization, is going to get the opportunity to possibly see minutes or at least join a roster for a two-way contract or longer that was on this roster that you think, you know what, they showed enough. They deserve yeah. to be on a team. Yeah. Well, um, we'll start with, you know, let's start with Jemias Ramsey. He played well in Vegas. Um, he definitely showed that he has the capability of, of scoring, of putting up numbers. He has kind of that that scores mentality of where he's just going to continue to just shove it down your throat. Even if he's not playing particularly well, he's going to find his game. If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think, I don't know based on the Kings roster, if that's going to work with, with Sacramento, but I definitely think that he'll get a training camp invite somewhere. Uh, if it doesn't work out here, um, if he if he comes here to training camp and doesn't make the final roster or what, what however it works out two way whatever um, I think that he has an opportunity to probably go and, and play somewhere how much time he'll get I, I'm not really sure um, the one thing about him that I wish that he would do is slow down he plays a hundred miles a minute every possession of the game and that is great people love to watch it but it's also a liability um, it's it's just a step in his evolution as a player and learning the game of where he needs to learn change of, of pace. Um, it's much easier to guard someone that's going a hundred miles an hour all the time because you know what they're going to do. But if you have someone that knows when to be still and then explode, then accelerate 
um, it makes it increasingly harder. Um, I think that Lewis King played extremely well. It should be interesting to see kind of how that works out, whether it's with the Kings or someone else. I think that's an opportunity there for sure. His, his scoring ability. And to be honest, like I thought he played incredibly well defensively too. Um, so that is a promising one. The one that kind of sticks out to me is the disappointment from summer league, to be honest, is Robert Woodard. Yes, 100%. He certainly has the NBA body. He has that physicality about him. He just wasn't able to perform and do what was expected. Um, so that to me, I, I'm not really sure what that's going to look like for him going forward. Now, in terms of Kata, um, you know, I, I think that it would benefit him greatly to spend some time in the G League and and maybe going back and forth and, and having that opportunity because the way the roster stands right now with the Kings in terms of the bigs that they have, I don't see him getting a lot of playing time at this point. Um, he has, you know, like if you look at the championship game, for example, uh, he had some opportunities to score and just wasn't able to finish. And those were chippies. Those were little, you know, um, you know, uh, like little hook shots in and around the rim. And he just wasn't able to, to score. And, and mainly because he hasn't, um, adjusted and it takes some time. I think the hardest adjustment in the league is for bigs because of the physicality, the size, the strength of the guys that they're going up against. Um, It's nothing like what he saw in college. And so understandably, it's going to be an adjustment for him to kind of work his way in. And when you look at, you know, Alex Lynn, uh, Tristan Thompson, you've got still Marvin Bagley on, on the, on the roster. Um, if they play small, he's going to a five, you know what I'm saying? And then you've got, of course, Rashawn Holmes, who to me, he owns that position and he's going to get the bulk of the minutes regardless. So I think for his development, um, it would be very beneficial for him to spend some time in, in the G league. And if you look at what Bobby Jackson did, I would be remiss if I did not bring this up, how he coached this team and what he got out of that team during summer league, both here in Sacramento and then in Vegas, he deserves a ton of credit. So I am even more excited now to see what he does with the Stockton Kings. And so if, if Kata spends some time down there with him, I think it would be massively beneficial to him in, in many, many ways. Um, other than that, you know, I, there, I was impressed with a lot of these guys. I don't think that that, that you know, Coleman was really good. I thought Murky, um, why am I blanking on his name? Is it Sh- Shackle? Is that his name? Um, it doesn't seem right saying it. I mean, there was a multiple guys that they were able to run in off that bench that I was really pleasantly surprised with both on offense and in defense. So I, I yeah. hope that this means that a lot of the guys that were on that roster at least get training camp invites, have the opportunity um, to, to kind of show themselves, uh, showcase themselves. And whether it's a two-way contract or what, um, I think a lot of them have made some cases for being deserving of that. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about Bobby and his coaching style because I'm excited to see. And I, and I will be at a few Stockton Kings games this season if they allow us in. And, and I, I'm going to be watching and, and just seeing how his development is because, like you said, and like and we'll talk about it in just a moment, the way he coached these guys and just the excitement they had during those practices, I feel like just speaks volume to just Bobby's presence there in that locker room. I think he's going to be a great coach. I'm excited to see what he does. And again, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But the person that I want to talk about who I hope 
gets a training camp invite or at least gets an opportunity to showcase more of what he did. I already know who you're going to say, and I left him out. Emmanuel Terry. I guess. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. This guy, at times, he looked like Rashawn Holmes. I'll be yeah. honest. I thought I thought it was baby Rashawn out there. He looked yeah. fantastic. The rebounding ability, the putback, the energy, the yeah. swagger. I was blown away by Terry. And you know, I'll, I'll leave it to you. What What were your biggest takeaways from Terry? Because I I think he's definitely NBA ready, at least from what we saw here, at least training camp ready. Absolutely. I mean, I he is he's very similar to Rashawn Holmes. I, I agree. And mainly, I think where you get that connection is demeanor, his demeanor and the energy that he plays with and kind of the calmness that he brings. Like you never see him get super worked up. Um, and I think what impresses me most and, and kind of makes me think that um, this this young man uh, has an opportunity to to kind of continue to increase his skill set and improve and have an opportunity is if you just look at kind of his college story, um, going to a D school, a D2 school, not really playing his freshman year, not really playing his his senior, his sophomore year, and just the massive jumps that he was able to make in his last two years. Um, and, and I, if memory serves correctly, I think he was like the D2 player of the year or something, his senior year. I mean, he, he's kind of a late bloomer, I think in that sense. And, um, I, I was excited about what he was able to do. I, I thought he played better in, um, in Sacramento, um, then he did, you know, in terms of consistency, he was consistently really dominant in Sacramento in those California classic games. There was moments, um, where he kind of dropped off a little bit during Vegas to me. And a lot of that honestly can just be kind of the wear and tear of, of summer league. And he'd already played the classic and then go into Vegas. And it is a lot for these guys by the end of it, you know, you're kind of worn down, um, despite youth being on your side, you know, you still their fatigue factors in. Um, but I did like him a lot. And so I'm curious to see kind of what the Kings do with him, but I didn't mention either Shinazi Metu, you know, I'm a big, big fan of his Me too. and Me he too. is impressive. I am disappointed in what happened, uh, in terms of the altercation that he had and, in, in you know, the, the final game of, kind of regular or whatever the game four of summer league before the championship game um, (laughs) and to get the suspension and and not be there for the championship game. Like I I feel bad for him in that sense to miss that. But at the same time, you know, it it was not okay. What he did. I can't, can't condone it. I can theoretically understand that it links back to that incident with uh, Jonas Valanciunas uh, in that, you know, that was a, valentine's game actually here against memphis when he kind of took that hit from him and broke his hand and was out for about six weeks and and um so i i I really am impressed with what shimezi has done both you know i think playing um you know for his national team for the olympics and in that time as well as summer league he's made massive jumps i i really wish and this kind of goes on the whole for this whole summer league group to a certain extent um i wish he would dial back his three-point attempts a little bit because he is a talented um, guy who can put the ball on the floor. He's got nice moves down down low. I, I did not see enough pick and roll action the entire summer league. Um, that's something that when you have bigs like 
Rashawn Holmes is so brilliant in the two man game. Um, I didn't see much of that. And a lot of it can be personnel based and not being familiar with each other during summer league. Um, but I want to see more of that from Chemezi and not as much of the three point shooting, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention him as someone that, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does this year. Yeah. That was the one disappointing thing for me as well as I, I thought he took way too many jump shots and, on this Kings team, if he's going to continue to see minutes and in the rotation like he did at the end of last season, I don't know if you're going to see him take those types of shots. So I wanted to see him be put in places where he's most efficient, right? Like, I do believe he's good at attacking from just inside the three-point line and finding a way inside. Obviously, his athleticism is uh, something to watch, especially in pick-and-roll situations. I wanted to see something like that, but... Like I said, well, this is obviously a time to summer league. I understand it, you right. know, from a player's pr perspective. This is the time for them to stretch their legs a little bit and show a part of their game that they want to show that they have and that they can incorporate or have incorporated. Um, I don't expect him to come in and, and take the amount of threes that he took during summer league, but if memory serves, he did drastically increase his three point shooting kind of attempts towards the end of the season. Um, so as he got more comfortable, he's, he let it fly a little bit and I have no problem with it if it's, if it's the right situation. Um, so I keep that in mind too. It's like, yeah, I wasn't as happy with the volume of threes that I saw in summer league, but I understand from a player perspective, this is the time for them to kind of showcase and, and show what they've been working on and stretch their legs a little bit. So I kind of, put that in perspective a little right no no for sure I mean you yeah th these are definitely the games where you, you want to see and showcase what you've been working on and show more of the hey I got more in the bag than most people get to see or, or even know about and these are things I could potentially bring even more so because I've been practicing it so much throughout the summer so I 100% get that there as well let's go ahead and talk about Bobby now though Katie right we've already hinted at it a little bit like we're excited to see him but for me I think the biggest takeaway that I have with body Bobby's coaching was just his presence in the locker room. I felt like everyone was so in tune with what he was saying. He has a, I, I can't even, just a presence to himself, right? People want to listen to what he's saying. I think he's very clear in his messages. He, he was, he, he's very direct in what he wants to see on the floor. You got to see the entire summer league. Obviously, you've been pretty close with him being that you're sideline reporter for the Kings. You've got to talk with Bobby countless times being that he was on the coaching staff as well. What do you think his coaching style is going to be and what do you think most people are going to consistently see with the Stockton Kings that Bobby's going to bring as the head coach? Well, you know, I've known Bobby for years and um, one thing I know about him is, and this is so common for players that go into the coaching ranks um, post playing career. Um, there's a relatability to their athletes that coaches that didn't play in the league don't have the luxury of having. Um, they listen a little bit differently to someone that they saw lace them up and, and out there on the floor. And Bobby had a tremendous career. And so, you know, Bobby was a six man of the year. I mean, he, he was someone um, that when he played demanded a ton of respect and understood his role. He, you know, probably could have started for numerous other teams, but the way that he was used in Sacramento during the prime, um, he understood that he knew what he was supposed to do. Defense is all, always something that, you know, he kind of 
pushed and it, that was part of his identity, but he's all, also a scorer, you know, Bobby could put it up. Yeah. I can. So I, I, you know, I expect what we saw in Vegas, to, it, that's just who Bobby is. So what the Stockton Kings are going to get, um, it just allows him to kind of, you know, stretch his legs a little bit into the coaching ranks because, you know, he's put in his time. He's done player development. He's been behind the bench. This is just a, a great chance for Bobby to show what he can do, what he brings um, to kind of as a head coach. And I think it's a tremendous opportunity for him. And, you know, he's he, Bobby. He reminds me a little bit, you know, anybody that knows uh, Chuck Charles Barkley, um, everyone loves watching him on TV. They, they really don't. If, they, if you don't know him, you, you, you almost assume that that's kind of like the TV persona. Chuck is who he is away from the cameras when he's on camera. I mean, that is just what you see is what you get all the time. And Bobby is the same type of personality. Nothing is going to change with Bobby, but he, he garners a, a tremendous amount of respect from players. So I'm excited to see kind of what he's able to do and how he's able to really develop some of these guys and, and also at the same time, develop himself as a head coach. So I'm really thrilled for Bobby. He, he definitely deserves it. And, you know, same thing with Doug Christie. I, I can't even explain to you how excited I am. Uh, if ever someone was meant to do something and had a calling, it's Doug Christie to be a coach. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's, he's able to bring, you know, the, the big, the big team this year, you know, the Kings here in Sacramento and kind of what he's able to do from a coaching perspective and how he's going to help develop and relate to players and what he's going to be able to bring. So um, I love seeing both Doug and Bobby kind of have such such big roles in 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 the youth of this franchise. Yeah, me too. I I was gonna ask you about Doug, but obviously you are, you were right too, and I'm I'm excited to see just just, just this just not even really excited, just more happy for Doug. We've had Doug on the show. He's such a uplifting guy he has such a, like, a great spirit around him all the time he never seems like he's ever in a bad mood and he just is willing to talk to you you know and that's that's the one thing i love about doug he's willing to talk as much as he is willing to listen uh i'm excited to see him succeed a, a, as a coach and, and and just you know make his presence known there and i love his mentality you know that he's always known that he wanted to come back i i i, I just love that little interview he did that little sample like after what happened and in his time in sacramento he always knew he wanted to come back and felt like there was something still to be had here in Sacramento and, and obviously the fans love that but Katie I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the Kings Court it, it obviously this is your first time definitely won't be the last but before I let you go I got to ask you this and if you can't answer it I 100% understand but I hope you can with Doug now going into the coaching realm there's a seat to be made right there's a seat to be filled <laughs> as a as a color analyst is it going to be you? Oh, gosh, I wish I could answer that for you. Um, I can tell you that I, I truly hope that it, it's going to be me. I, I don't know. That whole process kind of has just begun and hasn't even kind of begun to play out. Um, the Kings are going to do their due diligence. They're going to open it up. They work closely with NBC Sports and they'll collaborate. They'll bring people in. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely know that I, I'm going to be considered um but i don't know how it's all going to play out oh my gosh it's it's nerve-wracking it's uh, a lot of anxiety for me right now because 
you know, I kind of let them know that at some point, you know, we, we sign our contracts and whatnot. The last contract I signed, I just said, Hey, pardon me. I said, at some point, if Doug ever decides to, to go into the coaching ranks, I really, really want an opportunity um, to have that position. And I just kind of put it out there in the universe and let them know that that's something that I would love to do at some point. And I had no idea that it was going to be like a season later that Doug went into the coaching kind of role and that vacancy was going to be opened up because as you know, vacancies and broadcast booths in the NBA are so rarely available. Mm -hmm. I mean, guys, guys, I say this, <laughs> they come in there and they stay for a long time. Right. You've got a Sarah in, in Brooklyn who I'm a huge fan of and, and known her for a long time. She's their, their color commentator, um, their color analyst there in Brooklyn. And she started as their sideline reporter. She played uh, basketball at DePaul university. Um, she's kind of made her way up and she's brilliant. There's Ann Myers Drysdale, who I've known for years because she was the general manager in Phoenix with the mercury. Um, so I'm, more than familiar with her but she does it half the time so you know and you've had Kara Lawson that was with Washington for for a short time I think it was just one season before she went into coaching at Boston and now she's coaching in college but it's just the opportunities don't come up very often and even more difficult is the opportunities don't come up often for women um, so I would be so just out of my mind excited and honored if if it plays out and I am able to step into that role um we'll see I'm crossing my fingers but hopefully at some point we'll have good news for you <laughs> look I'm, I'm gonna be honest I'm rooting for you I think thank you I, I, I think just that little sample that we got during the classic with, with you on ESPN I'll be honest I felt a little Doris Burke from you and I love oh, Doris Burke on the analyst that is you, you that you, is extremely kind I yeah. she is brilliant <laughs> yeah I, I feel like you look at the game not only as an analyst but from the NBA or at least the WNBA perspective just you know what you're seeing on the floor and you break down everything and I enjoy hearing it and I think your voice next to Mark Jones makes sense. You've been you've been here in Sacramento for a while now. People know the face. People know the voice. And that's one thing that they want. They want consistency in voice. And you've been consistent here for a while now. So, like I said, you have my vote. I I, I definitely hope to see you uh, or at least hear you uh, on, on the telecast. <laughs> but, Katie, well, go ahead. seriously, Sacramento fans have been so amazing to me. I mean, I got here in 2007 and um, I feel incredibly blessed that the large majority of my broadcasting career has been here because this is a special place because fans really do um, follow this team and attach themselves not only to this this franchise and the players but also all of us lucky people that get to cover them and and broadcast for them so yeah I'm, I'm very very blessed and very grateful to the fans so <laughs> I'm nervous, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I know there's a lot of people on Twitter rooting for you. And again, I am going to be one of them. I'll be whatever thing I need, uh, whatever poll I need to start, whatever <laughs> Twitter chain I need to make, whatever hashtag there is. I will I will be the one supporting it and sharing it out well, there for everyone. It. But Katie, before I let you go, please let the fans out there know where they can find you online and and obviously what they can be <laughs> expecting from you this season. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know what they're going to be able to expect from me this season. Cause I still don't know what right. role I'm going to be in, but right. I will be there. So in one role or another, um, you can find me on Twitter at, um, Katie underscore C that's K A Y T E underscore C. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Katie, Chris, uh, you know, the, the great thing is, is, you know, I'm a mom. Um, and I, I enjoy the off season because I'm not on Twitter very much. Twitter is very much for work. And during the off season, I'm not on there a whole lot. So don't, don't go crazy and think if you go and find me there, like, Oh, she's never on Twitter. <laughs> I will be more once the season gets underway, but yeah, you know, uh, I'm on it for work and you can find me there and every once in a while I'll drop something good. <laughs> well, don't worry, Katie. I'll, I'm, like I said, I'll, I'm going to be reaching out to you because I know once this pandemic ends, I'm going to have a basketball game tournament. I, 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 we talked about it online already before and I need you there. And I told, and, I, and I've heard rumors that you are one of those people that are in the post that know how to swing and create Ugh. space. And I'm going to tell you, I've yeah. been, I've been going to boxing classes, Katie, my ducks are on point and I'm ready for it. <laughs> I, I, I can, I'm ready to block one of those yeah. shots. So, oh my goodness. But, but they, yeah. It's broken more than a couple noses. So I've heard, I've, I've heard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again so much. Everyone go follow the one only Katie Hunter on Twitter. Thank you again. Remember guys, I'm your host Vince Miracle. You guys can follow me on all social media platforms of at VM center. This is the King's court podcast. Please remember to rate review and subscribe. Shout out to our sponsor, all purpose insurance. And until next time, Sacramento Kings fans, champion Sacramento Kings fans. Bye-bye.